Hello, and welcome to the Daddy Saturday podcast. I'm your host, Justin Batt. I'm also the founder and chief dad officer of Daddy Saturday and the Daddy Saturday Foundation, where it is our goal to impact 10 million fathers in the next 10 years and end the fatherlessness epidemic. We plan to do that through a variety of means and channels. One of those is this podcast, where we bring you expert guests who give you tips, advice, tricks, even dad hacks on how to be a better father, to raise good kids that become great adults, and to change the next generation. Make sure you subscribe, as always. Stay tuned for our next great episodes, and take advantage of all the resources on daddysaturday.com, our Alexa skill, get a copy of the book, and stay tuned for our newsletter with all the great advancements we're making to help you as fathers. Well, today, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome a friend, someone I consider a mentor, both in life and in business, and just an amazing overall guy, my friend Michael Levin, who is one of America's most experienced and probably one of the most published uh, book ghostwriters that I know of. Um, he's a New York Times bestselling author himself. He has written, co-authored more than 700 books. 16 of those are national bestsellers. He's had two that have been on 60 Minutes and one that was a number one Kindle bestselling business book. And Michael, interesting fact here, he's actually been on ABC's Shark Tank. So how many of you know someone that's been on Shark Tank? Well, Michael has. Uh, not only that, he's an amazing husband and father. You may get an argument from my wife on that last one. Ah. <laughs> hey, look, I want to make this so that you could play it for her and make her smile. Uh, so She's like, oh, know. science fiction. I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it could be a fiction book then. Michael's great. Michael, great to have you on the show. A pleasure for you being here. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you today. Justin, I'm honored and uh, I'm proud to be your friend. And thank you for all the kind things you just said about me. Well, I appreciate it. You know, and, and so, so guys, I need you to know this as you're listening. So Michael was, was one of the coaches that helped me uh, when I wrote Daddy Saturday. And, you know, the book is what it is because of Michael's influence and input. And, and what I think is so great about Michael it, and what I really just am endeared to him for is the fact that it wasn't about um, necessarily Michael's literary skills that I found the, the real benefit. It was his input as a husband and as a father himself that was transformative in the way that I thought and approached the book. So Michael, thank you for that because your influence is helping many fathers uh, downstream. Well, thanks, but what's wrong with my literary skills? Sorry, I couldn't resist, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, they were both good. I'm just saying, I think the real impact is your role as a father and your input. Oh, okay, I know, I know. So Michael, you know, give us a little bit of a, of a state of the union on, on you and your, your fatherhood to date. You've got, um, four children and they're, you know, varying ages. Now you're, you got some in the teenage years. So kind of give us the rundown of your family dynamic today. Sure. We have a 19 year old girl. We have uh, twin 17 year old boys. We have an 11 year old girl. And that means that uh, when our first was born, the boys were born two years later. And that means that we very quickly went from man to zone. <laughs> and, uh, so that's, that's kind of the breakdown. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm there too with four kids, 11, nine, seven, five. And, and so zone, we've been playing zone defense for quite some time. So let's talk yep. about that for a minute. You know, as you have kids across the spectrum of those age ranges, I've often found that one of the most challenging things for me as a father was just vacillating between that, what I call the, the teaching and the training mode, right? Where it's don't touch, it's hot because they're young and you got to teach them. But then as they get older, you can't just say no. Oftentimes you have to offer that explanation. 
How have you experienced the same thing? And what does it look like for you as a father? Yeah, that's a great question. There, when we got uh, married, we and, and we, my wife got pregnant pretty soon thereafter, and we took a parenting class, and the uh, teacher taught us the difference between authoritative and authoritarian parenting styles. And authoritarian means do this because I said so, and authoritative means that uh, you know I'm an authority figure, I'm trustworthy, I'm not always going to get every call right, but I'm going to do my best, and I've always tried to. As you said, I've always tried to explain things to them. I always, and my wife kind of thought this was silly, but I always spoke to them in terms that were sometimes sort of more educated or more than they might have expected. And the idea was that I'm just going to, you know, I'm just they're, they're just going to have to pay attention and figure out what I'm trying to say. And I don't mean talking in, you know, $12 dictionary words. I just mean giving, giving them a fuller explanation than you might typically give a kid. Uh, as to the why of something. And I was trying to err on the side of being respectful of their personhood, as opposed to looking at them as, uh, you know, little annoyances. I mean, you know, I, I consider them a gift from God. I consider that uh, God saw fit to have me uh, uh, be responsible for their uh, early growth and, and uh, development. And I take that as a huge responsibility and privilege. And so I just figured, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, and let's try to explain things so that so that uh, they're they're clear on what's going on. They're not sitting there going, you know, what what's happening or what just happened. So that was my my mo. Well, I think that's great, Michael. And you know, as you think about the the role of a parent, we talk about in Daddy Saturday, the kind of that blessing versus burden mindset. And with four kids, and you know, you being a busy businessman and a lot going on, it's it's sometimes easy to in your head, start to view your kids as a burden, even though it's, you know, you don't want to, and it may not even be intentional. It, kids are kids and it can be demanding at times. And sometimes you have to make that shift. And as you said, they're a God given gift. Have you experienced that in, in your life and your fatherhood where you have those times where you vacillate between blessing and burden? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say blessing and burden. I've never seen them as a burden. Sometimes I've seen, you know, my sons in particular as just, you know, really, really difficult. And, you know, despite my best efforts, just sort of heartbreakingly difficult. So I would say that that was more of it than saying, oh, you know, I want to play golf or something like that. So, you know, I mean, I was also older when I had my kids. So I was 41 when the first was born. And the night before she was born, I went out to dinner with a buddy and I said, you know, I don't think I'm ready for this. But, you know, she came anyway, my daughter. (laughs) But, you know, but the short of it is that, you know, you do your best, but man, kids can be really, really, really work. And you, you know, you never stop loving them, but man, they can be a real pain in the butt sometimes. And especially when they get on each other's case and you have to arbitrate a dispute and that whole thing, man, I hated that stuff. Hated it. I'm so glad that's in the rearview mirror. So, yeah, you know, it's, um, they do come anyways and, and kids are kids, you know, Michael, you've got a, a big experience, obviously, in the literary and publishing industry. I could imagine that reading is very important in your household. And so how have you helped your kids become readers and learners? And maybe what types of books have you encouraged them to read over their their youth? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think that my favorite expression, or one of my favorite expressions about parenting, about life, is that what you're doing speaks so loudly that I can hardly hear a word you're saying. So I, as a parent, I try to be cognizant of the fact that they're always watching. 
they're always listening and they're always modeling what I do. So one of the things I've always tried to do is just sort of treat my home like a firehouse in the sense that most of the time in the firehouse, there are no fires going on. So, you know, firemen, what are they doing? They're polishing their boots. They're doing something useful. And basically, you know, the way our house was laid out, I could sort of sit at my seat of the dining room table and just have a good view of everything that was going on. So I tried to sit there in the evenings reading a book and not being online. I mean, occasionally being online, but mostly sitting there with a book so that they see, oh, you know, daddy's trying to learn something. And then also daddy's available, I, like a fireman who has to go put out a fire, take care of, get a cat down a tree, whether it's a small thing or a big thing, he's available. So that was the message that my kids got. And they still, you know, and because I work for myself, uh, I can drive them to the 7-Eleven if they need something while I'm doing a client call. And you know, so that way they learn a little bit about business and a little bit about negotiation and a little bit about responsibility for you know how you conduct yourself with others so but it's basically i just try to stay conscious of the fact that they're they're, they're going to be modeling me what i'm doing speaks so loudly they can hardly hear a word they're saying and then as far as books you know they, they kind of went off in their own direction with stuff and they find their own stuff so it's not as though i gave them some titles and they're like hey thanks dad this is terrific uh in fact i had you know i mean i'm a book guy so i had a very large library and the expectation was that one day my kids would be interested in this stuff and they're interested in none of it. So I basically got rid of about 98% of my books because you know, <laughs> it's like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, They don't want them. So what do I need them for? So they just take up space. So that's just how it is. That's great. No, such good insight in modeling is so critical today. And you said several things in there I'd love to unpack. One of which is, you know, far more is caught than taught is what we say in Daddy Saturday. And, and that principle of modeling is so important. And and being intentional. And I love how you were intentional about putting down technology. And sure, you had those moments, but by and large, you were sitting there reading a book. And just that and that alone, your kids look up to you. They're, they're encouraged and inspired by that. And I'm sure that that modeling paid dividends in their life. My question, did you pay your kids to read or did they read on their own? No, I never... I never paid them to do anything because they were never any good at anything. <laughs> no, that's not true. I, 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 I regret that we never worked out a regular allowance or uh, teaching them responsibility with money that, you know, all the things that, man, I wish I'd done those things. Uh, and instead, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically AT, an ATM and wheels and, you know, they'll figure stuff out, but I, I, we never, we never, we never did any of that. And, I think it might have gone better if we had, but my basic attitude was really the way my mom raised me, which was that as long as I towed the line and did what I was supposed to do and went to school and, you know, and basically performed, I didn't have to get, you know, the top grades in the class, but as long as I showed up and did my best or close to it, uh, if I needed money for something, it was pretty much there if it was reasonable. And it's the same thing with my kids. They're like, Hey, I need a new shirt. All right, fine. You know, here's a credit card. Go get it. Cause they, 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 the boy, they just buy everything on on online. They not you know they don't. It's like they don't even buy shoes. Uh, I, I, you know I'm I'm old school. You need shoes. You got to try them on. See what they buy everything online. And uh, so, so as long as as long as it's uh, you know within the bounds of of normal uh, of uh, of uh, something that makes sense, that's fine. And and then uh, if I can do an extra for them and they want it and it makes sense, I'll do that too. And you know it, it, it's basically. Uh, showing them that life isn't just about the basics, but 
it's it, it, it's it's sort of if you do it, the message that I guess I'm giving them is if you do what you're supposed to do, then chances are things are going to work out, and when they aren't working out, we'll go to Plan B. Um, you know, and and when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you know you're very flush, and then other times you're you're cautious. So they might say, hey, I want to you know I want to get such and such, and I say, you know, this isn't really the best time. They're like, oh, okay. So you know, get back to me. So that's. That's kind of how I handle the money thing. Wow. That last little nugget there, Michael, I think is so important because, you know, in the generation that is buying online and does have everything on demand, I, I, I would assume you would agree with this. There's probably a sense of entitlement that you almost see in that generation um, simply because they have access to what they want whenever they want it. And I hear you saying that that is a phenomenal way as a family that because you've involved them in your business and because you've involved them in, in your professional as well as your personal life, they've seen both sides of that. And so for them to be able to say, I understand it, it's, you know, we're not flush right now. It's a business that vacillates. I'm an entrepreneur um, that, that has diminished their sense of entitlement. And I love that. I think that's a great point And I hope our audience takes that away. Well, I appreciate that. But in all fairness, there's really no one more entitled than I. So <laughs> let's, let's, you know, I'm not sitting here a model of, I, you know, the thing is that I'm like everybody else. I want what I want when I want it. And so I have to, and I've got that same access to everything in the universe, you know, online, you can go on, but uh, you know, you have to pick your shots and you have to remember you're sending messages to your kids. I mean, I just, you know, I just bought a new car. I bought an Accord. I had a Prius for seven or eight years. It turned it was real junk box at the end. And, you know, uh, you, you couldn't, I mean, I had a Mercedes and BMW before that. I got that on my system. They broke down all the time. I was into that. But I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time thinking through what kind of car am I going to get? Could I get something that's a little fancier and splashier? Sure. But, you know, I'm sending a message to my kids that material things are to send signals to other people about your wealth. And instead, if my car is sending any signals, it's saying, you know, I'm not stupid with money. You know, they say that, you know, God and Porsches are, I'm sorry, cocaine and Porsches are God's way of telling you that you've got too much money. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, and if you want either, it's your business. It's not my business, but I don't really want either. And uh, I'm just, you know, I want an appliance that drives and, and my kids will see that and they'll take whatever lesson they want. Uh, but, but I'm not, I'm not big on, on, uh, abstinence and postponing all gratification obviously it's not about going nuts and just going to the store going online buying stuff all the time but i don't want to create the impression that i'm mr frugal my wife is you know much more that way and uh you know i want to go do fun things and i find that when i spend money on doing fun things or fun experiences for myself and my family it just gives me the the impetus and the urge to go create more money so i can go create more experiences and and nice stuff for them so mm -hmm. and myself so that's kind of the mentality no that's great and that's the key word there is is those experiences those moments those memories because that's what they're going to take with them as they get older well michael um this probably is the most tweetable podcast i've done yet you have so many zingers in there and tweetable comments i love it um, in our final moments i'd love to ask you two remaining questions one of them is a question i ask all of my guests and that is um i don't know maybe you've maybe Probably not, unless you got this out of your system. But if you had a boat, and or have had a boat, and we're talking like a yacht, a, a big boat you put out there in the harbor, uh, what would you name your boat? That's a really funny question. I've never, I've never been a boat guy. So the name of the boat would be um, going back to the dealer on Tuesday uh, for 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 a full <laughs> refund. Um, 
you know, I, or, or it would say, you know, uh, uh, you know, board at your own risk because this guy doesn't know how to drive a boat. So, but, but, but you know, <laughs> this is such a funny thing. I've never, I've never even thought like, what would I buy? A, what would I name a boat? You know, Justin, I'm going to tell you one thing about boats. The one thing I do know about boats, and that is that um, I used to live in Marina del Rey, California, and a friend of mine was the was a harbor master. And I would walk or run, you know, by the boats, and 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 it dawned on me that I never saw most of them moving. And he said, I, I talked to him about. It, he said, you know, 95% of the boats in our marina never go out into the water. I was like, wow, you know, why have a boat park down here if you're never going to get out on it? And I really think that's a metaphor for life. I think 95% of the people out there, you know, their boats, to, which is to say the, the metaphor for their lives, never get out of the harbor. They never try anything. They never get out there. They never get after it. Uh, they're afraid to have kids because of climate change, which I, which I think is one of the nine stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. You know, and, and <laughs> you know, they're not going to take any chances. And, and, and they're not going to take any, and I don't mean stupid risks. I don't mean, you know, I don't, I don't mean betting payroll on, on the roulette wheel at the casino, but I mean, you know, just, just trying to, trying to do new things or open that business or, you know, I mean, I'm going to do a triathlon on Sunday. Why? Because I'm an idiot because nobody told me not to, you know, I've got a band I'm singing and I've got a, I've, I've got a band and we're going to be, uh, uh, we were rehearsing last night. It's all my own songs. We're going to be performing in two weeks and uh, trying to go on the road after that. Why? Because it's fun. Why? Because I'm alive. Because I've been given the gift of consciousness. And that means that I'm here to serve people and serve God and be the best person I can be. But, it, you know, in, in my tradition, there's a line that when you go up to heaven, God's going to say to you, I put so much out there that was fun. Why didn't you take advantage? So, you know, get your, my, 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 my message is, I don't care what the name of your boat is. What I care is get it out of the freaking harbor. Get out there, do something and model that for your kids so that your kids say life is about doing stuff and trying stuff. And, 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 and to me, success means going for it and failure means not going for it. So as long as I went for it, I succeed. End of sermon. Man, well, my final question was going to be if you could leave our listeners with one bit of advice, what would that be? And you just nailed it. And I'm so glad I asked that boat question because I did not expect that to come out of it, but I'm sure glad it did. So thank you, Michael. Well, yeah, hang on. I got another piece of advice. And this is the thing I've been wanting to say the whole time. And that is that um, the one regret I have is the occasions when I lost my temper with my kids. Mm. And, and I will say that the single most destructive force in a marriage or a family is anger. So I'll say to the men who are listening, if, if, if you have any uh, 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 tendencies toward blowing up at your kids once in a while it's gonna happen i mean you know my therapist said your kids are tough no wonder you lost your temper with them it's like an understandable but if this is a regular feature of your marriage or your parenting then get help now it, you know it's there's no, tiger woods has a swing coach all he does is hit a golf ball okay life is much more important and complex and raising children is the hardest most important and most satisfying it's the best ride in the park but the thing is that it, anger will destroy their spirits, it will destroy their psyches, it'll destroy their souls, it'll tear them up and it'll tear up your marriage. So if you've got an anger issue, freaking deal with it. Don't, don't, you know, don't worry about what your boat's gonna be called. Uh, nobody cares about your boat if you're an angry father. So, so just that's the, you know, and I don't mean to end on a, on a, on a pedantic uh, finger in your face note, but I will say that that is the single most important thing that I can think of. And it's the single thing that I regret the most in life um, aside from uh, dumping a girlfriend back in 1979, but I'm sure we could get into that another time. <laughs> well, Michael, thank you. And I could not agree more. 
and think you are spot on. And I know for a fact that there are fathers out there, including myself, that needed to hear that. So thank you for sharing it. And thank you for being on. Justin, it was truly my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Well, with that, we will say, have a great Daddy Saturday. And remember, be intentional, be engaged, raise good kids who become great adults. Until next time, I'm Justin Batt. This is the Daddy Saturday Podcast.